everyone and welcome to another episode of the Rectech Pulse powered by Acuity. I'm your host Ankit Sharma and today I have a very special guest with me, uh, someone that I've listened to in the past. Um, she's a known person in the Hong Kong and the APAC fintech ecosystem. So without further ado, I would like to introduce you all to Wendy Ennis, who's the head of financial crime compliance at Mox Bank. Hello, Wendy. How are you? Hi, Ankit. Pleasure to be here. I'm good. Thanks. Thank you so much. I've been really wanting to have this conversation for a while. So it's great, great to have you on the platform. And I'm sure this will be beneficial for our listeners who are tuning in. Uh, so, so, Wendy, if you could just perhaps quickly, for the benefit of our listeners, again, introduce yourself and perhaps Mox Bank. Sure, my pleasure. And again, my pleasure to be here and chat with you, Ankit. So I'm the head of financial crime compliance for Mox Bank in Hong Kong. And Mox is a new virtual bank in Hong Kong. We are backed by Standard Chartered in partnership with HKT, PCCW and Trip.com. Uh, we focus on uh, delivering and the creation of a suite of retail banking services as well as lifestyle benefits for customers here in Hong Kong. We went live in September of 2020, so we're relatively new, uh, but very excited to be part of the marketplace here in Hong Kong. Awesome. Uh, so, you know, uh, let's dive straight into... Uh, the questions that I that are coming to my mind, there are quite a few. So to start with, I mean, we've all seen accelerated digital transformation or, or as they're calling it, sustained digital in the last 15 to 18 odd months across, you know, both traditional FIs and, and the fintech domain. Uh, and, and, and with that, especially we are seeing the emergence of two specific challenges when it comes to FCC screening. The first is non-face-to-face -face KYC and building the customer profiles around that with the limited data. And obviously the second aspect is with the alternate payment forms of the channels uh, that have come into the play, you know, it's getting complicated for compliance professionals at large, right? So with that context, Wendy, uh, would love to hear your thoughts on, you know, what are your recommendations or perhaps some of the best practices that you have observed or maybe what Mox Bank is doing to combat financial crime in the present time? Sure. Thanks, Ankit. Yes, uh, I, I think certainly with the, with COVID, uh, it's just incredible uh, the the movement that we're seeing from a digital and virtual banking perspective. I think from a global reg tech spending, they're anticipating it to increase from an estimated 18 billion in 2018 to 115 billion by 2023. This is uh, good news from a reg tech perspective. I think we're seeing a lot of banks much more focused on exploring the use of RPA, natural language processing, machine learning, uh, sophisticated AIs, because this will, this will help us as banks to quickly mimic customer behavior and also identify unique and potential risky patterns. Um, I think from a, a banking perspective, you know, certainly what we've seen is the criminal activities continuing to evolve. Uh, and I think FATF released um, some information on this uh, related to COVID-19 related money laundering and terrorist financing risk and policy uh, key areas to take note in 2020. Um, and that's everything from bypassing customer due diligence measures to um, exploding, exploiting, sorry, COVID-19 and the economic downturn to move into new cash intensive lines of business. 
Um, and certainly from a from Mox Bank, these are areas that we need to look at in terms of our model and the controls that we need to put in place uh, in order to make sure that we're differentiating uh, between uh, you know the appropriate workplace that you would put in place in a traditional bank versus a non face to face perspective. On a plus, this is where certainly uh, technology is helping us and something that we've considered as we've you know, designed, designed our, our model. Um, ultimately, we're playing the exact same role uh, as a traditional bank in terms of trying to prevent criminal activities such as corruption, tax evasion, terrorism, et cetera. So we're held to the exact same standards. Um, but at the same time, our medium differs. So in that our interaction with customers is virtual. Uh, and so we have a strong reliance upfront on our onboarding technology to detect risky individuals during the CDD process. And certainly in terms of the approach that we would take from a transaction monitoring perspective um, and the analysis that we would want to do in terms of looking at, uh, you know, typical behavior from customers. And so I from that perspective, um, from day one, we've looked at building our systems to have a focus at on behavioral analytics. Um, and I think as well to, to note, and certainly for the virtual banks here uh, in Hong Kong and any markets that are starting, you know, we're starting small. Uh, we're building out our products slowly. Um, we also have very clean data. Um, so, you know, there's an opportunity for us as a virtual bank to be able to uh, you know, understand how our controls work along the way um, and continue to refine and, and redesign our models as we continue to expand. No, it, these are great points that you mentioned, especially the adoption of um, automation and reg tech. I think we've, we've also seen uh, from the other side uh, that, you know, uh, the players that were a little ahead in their digital transformation journey felt the pandemic less painful as compared to institutions who had hardly or were kind of initiating this journey. Uh, but but in, in the prep up to this conversation, Wendy, I think one of my, my key takeaway was the four pillars of effective management that you had highlighted. Uh, perhaps you want to kind of quickly touch base on that as well. Sure. And I, I think this relates to most banks uh, last year because of the pandemic and the need to move to Know, more virtual work environment. So I think this at one point might have been unique for virtual banks. Um, but at this point, you know, I think it's relative to the majority of organizations out there. Um, and this is from a, an article from PwC UK, which outlined um, pillars for effective fraud management. But I think these can be applied to financial crime management and oversight. Um, and, and of course, any type of uh, risk type. So you know, they talked about the need for effective review of governance, risk management, monitoring and detections uh, and investigations and response. So I think, you know, certainly this as we move into a more virtual type of environment across the board, there are lots of things that, you know, any bank can do to put in place to start looking at how they manage their programs and to, to potentially conduct a reassessment of their of their programs. From a virtual banking perspective, of course, uh, that's been built into our model in terms of the, the type of management that we do. But I think all traditional banks will want to look at the impact to their resources uh, as they 
start looking at these new ways of working um, and make sure that their controls really differentiate between remote working environment versus being in the office versus being in a state of B- BCP, because those are all very, very different. Um, but I think there's you know, still a very much a need and an opportunity to reconsider so you can look at how to um, embed a risk culture, even remotely. That's a very interesting point that you highlighted. We've all been talking about embedding the risk culture, uh, you know, and building the culture of compliance. But how do you do that in a in a digital sense, or how do you do that from the work from home uh, model? So interesting concepts, and I'm sure these these four points that you highlighted would be useful to our listeners. So as we move on, Wendy, I mean, this is something that I kind of uh, keep on hearing, right? So compliance and customer experience are are two words used quite a lot uh, in the FI uh, world, but they're not used together, right? So what's your take on, on, on this, especially in the context of, you know, virtual or digital banks? So it's been an interesting uh, experience coming into not just a virtual bank, but coming into a build of a, of a bank where we're really starting from, um, from scratch. And that doesn't mean, you know, certainly we're backed by Standard Chartered. So we've had the, the benefit and the blessings of having, um, you know, a lot of expertise at our doorstep in terms of building, building this out. When I look at it from a customer experience and comparing that to, well, what's the role of risk? I think that that can always go hand in hand. Um, you know, certainly I look at my customer as the external customer, the person that we're ultimately selling the selling the product to. Um, but I think it makes it easier when you're starting to look at the design um, and consider how you as a company can bring your risk colleagues into the design process. So how do you find that, uh, how, how do you bring in your risk colleagues so that they're part of the original conversation around the look and feel? As I mentioned earlier, um, you know, as we build it up, as we built out from Mock's perspective, we're building from the ground up. We were held to the exact same expectations and regulations as any AI. But at the same time, we had this opportunity to start looking at innovation and from the very beginning, look at that balance between ensuring that the customer's experience is positive and a reason that they'll want to move from one bank to, to, to come bank with marks, but at the same time, make sure that we collect enough information so that we're able to manage the risk and able to manage uh, you know, our obligations under regulation. And I think this is one thing that I've learned from Mox, but at the same time, you can do it any bank. It's early engagement with your uh, with your risk holders as you're going into design. Don't bring them in at the last minute. Bring them in early. Start talking about what it is that you're looking to achieve, end state, and brainstorm. Um, you're, I think your risk people would be quite interested in being involved in in early conversations, and and there is a there, you won't always get it right, um, but there is an opportunity to innovate and brainstorm on the best ways of collecting information so that both parties are maybe not 100% uh, where they want it to be, where they started with, but can meet in the middle in terms of a model that uh, is able to manage risk, but at the same time focus on the customer experience. I definitely think those two things can go hand in hand. 
That's 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 wonderful, right? It's and it's good to see how Mox Bank is is placing um, customers and customer experience at the at the heart of whatever you guys do and planning the journey accordingly, right? Um, and and I remember in the discussions that we had, you had pointed out that the need for compliance professionals uh, to kind of start interacting with, say, the product team, right? People who are building up banking products or products at large, uh, rather than just kind of you know skimming through transactions or just speaking to the RMs and collecting documents, right? So I think we are seeing that happen, and and those were some good perspectives um, that you that you kind of uh, highlighted there. Uh, so. I also mention, uh, Anke, just just two other things that you know I've learned is building out this model. Um, so one is myself and my team as we worked with the product team, the onboarding teams um, to design what mocks looked like. We continually asked ourselves two questions. So one was, does this process that we're designing make us better as an industry partner to identify risk. So why, why are we collecting this information? How, how does this matter? Why does this matter? So I think that's an important question that we asked ourselves. And we also asked ourselves from a risk perspective, does this improve the customer journey? Does this improve the customer experience? And that can be uncomfortable to start with as a risk person, because I think your natural inclination is that's not my focus. But I, I would challenge if you ask those two questions together, and sometimes the answer is no, it doesn't improve the customer's experience, but it's going to help me as an industry partner. It's going to help me as a bank identify risk. And so you have to, you have to decide which way you go. But sometimes there's information that we either collect or a certain point of time that we collect information. And perhaps there's a new way of gathering that information. Um, and so asking those two questions in tandem can can challenge you as a as a risk person. Um, so, again, I'm not saying either one is right. I think they both need to be asked. But I would challenge us as risk people to sometimes step out of our out of our normal box and ask ourselves, you know, what role am I playing to improve the, the customer experience while still ensuring that I'm identifying uh, risks and putting in place controls to to meet my obligations and to manage to manage risk. I don't want risk going through my bank, um, but I also want my customers to enjoy the experience. Absolutely right, and I think this is fundamentally driven with the desire to to constantly improve and be better at what you're doing, which I guess is is great to hear. You know, is is what Mox Bank uh, is perhaps delivering at this point of time, and uh, uh, as you rightly said, right? I mean. Uh, compliance people, uh, you know, they should fundamentally stop believing in themselves as as a cost center and as a back office operation and start more and more kind of um, interacting with the business side of things, which they already are. I mean, I'm speaking to a lot of compliance professionals at every level and all of them are, are telling me that, you know, uh, compliance is being viewed as a business enabler, especially during the, the, the pandemic. It's not being viewed as some, you know, as, as a department which is stopping or slowing down business, but the, but you know, there's a paradigm shift in 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 those conversations, which is great to kind of uh, hear. Uh, so, so moving on from that, I think in the post-COVID world where margins are so thin, uh, and you know, unit economics is becoming paramount, more so from a virtual bank or 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 a, or a fintech, you know. So, how can institutions um, get better at detecting and managing risks with cost pressures? So 
I think we're in a really sweet spot uh, as an industry right now um, in terms of the emergence of reg tech solutions, uh, but also how regulators are starting to embrace, not just embrace, but promote the use of reg tech. We've certainly seen that in Hong Kong um, and the HKMA in January of this year um, released a paper looking at uh, AML and CFT reg techs um, case studies. And this was on the back of uh, a series of sessions that they held in Hong Kong, looking at banks that had adopted or were yet to adopt reg tech. Um, I think, you know, I, I think back to a conversation uh, that I was part of in 2019, where somebody made the point, if we don't start using reg techs, we will use, we will lose them. So we need to start supporting, and that doesn't mean blindly supporting, right? There's an opportunity here for us as an industry to start looking at reg tech solutions that are out there that will enable us to better identify networks, the better, uh, I, better able to identify the true hits, because I think often um, we get caught up in our resources looking at this large amount of false positives. And so I think there's an opportunity for us to, as an industry, to start talking to each other about solutions that are working. And I've said this before on a few panels, uh, we don't need to differentiate by keeping our risk solutions secret. So if I find something that works and I'm able to detect risk, I should be talking to other banks about it. We need this collaboration across the industry. And I think most FCC people uh, are very anxious and interested to talk about how they're able to spot risk um, and how they're able to you know, use unique solutions to be able to start looking at um, network analytics, for example, and start identifying risk earlier. So what I would encourage um, any bank, and I think this is aligned with what most FCC and certainly what the HKMA is promoting as well, is start exploring um, case studies, start exploring opportunities to bring, to bring reg tech into your bank um, or bring alternative means of identifying risk into your bank so that we can start trolling through all of the data that we receive um, and start looking at ultimately the 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 real risk, the, the the networks that we want to identify and move out of the, the banking system. No, absolutely. I mean, uh, you know, we are equally responsible to, to help the compliance community to grow as well, right? So it's, it's, it's a valid point that you highlighted in terms of cooperation and sharing best practices. And that's what we are doing here today. And I'm sure the audience is benefiting from, from this conversation. Uh, so, so I think another point, and, and this is a, a, a broader question, but I think very, very spicy, uh, which, you know, in the sense that, you know, fintechs and regulations, right? I mean, so from your perspective, because you've, you've had the privilege of being on, on both the sides. I mean, you were in a traditional bank and now you're working with a virtual bank. So what's your view uh, in the sense, like, is the playing field same for, say, VBs and traditional FIs? Yeah, I think as mentioned, I think ultimately we're all held to the same standards uh, if I look at it from an AI perspective. So certainly, you know, in Hong Kong, the VBs uh, follow AMLO and we're held to the to the same standards. So there's no difference in our fight. Um, our medium does differ. Our interaction with customers differs. Um, so certainly from a 
tradition traditional bank perspective versus a virtual bank perspective or even a digital offering um, th- there's a different level of interaction that you're held that you're facing with your customer but I don't see any difference in terms of the the standards from an AI perspective um, that were held to that's that's great to know uh, because you know even when during my discussions with some of the uh, uh, you know, people from the regulatory side, they said that we view uh, every institution with the same lens. If they come under uh, a, a singular licensing uh, kind of agreement, we view them with the same lens, no matter if they are a boutique firm, if they are a big bank uh, and so on and so forth. So kind of good to hear uh, your perspective. I think they would have to, right? I mean, if we're not held to the same standards, from a traditional bank, then of course the criminals are smart and they will know to head toward head to the the criminal banks. They're always going to be looking to to test the the controls. I think as an industry, what we can do is continue the collaboration. I know I have some great conversations with FCC leads at other banks, both the and traditional banks. Um, we're all in it together. I think. Every FCC person I meet is very passionate about preventing not just at a top level money laundering perspective, but human trafficking, child trafficking, wildlife trafficking. We feel very passionate about this. And so I don't think uh, any of us would be looking at um, relaxing controls or taking advantage of a relaxation of controls to that would ultimately lead to uh, you know, not preventing that that type of criminal activity flowing through our banks. And, and absolutely completely agree with you. And <clears throat> that is what we're trying to do in acuity as well. I mean, you know, I've been with this company for five years and I genuinely feel that we're trying to make this world a better place uh, for our future generation. Right. So great to hear that you share the same uh, passion. And now that we've come to an end, I think my last question to you is more to do with crystal gazing uh, and, and, and for the benefits, you know, of our, uh, listeners, what are the key trends that you are tracking uh, or or what are the things that you are uh, viewing evolve very rapidly as we move into, uh, uh, you know, uh, 2021 and beyond? So, look, if I look at it from a Hong Kong perspective, um, you know, the VBs are all very new here. So we're going to continue to develop. Um expand our products, expand our offerings. So we'll continue to see that in the Hong Kong market. Um, certainly from Mox's perspective, uh, we're excited to be here. We're excited to be to have gone live. So we want to continue to to build out our bank here in, in Hong Kong. But we're also seeing this in other markets like Singapore, um, where we're seeing, you know, VB licenses, uh, being granted in other markets. So, you know, I think from a, a digital offering or a virtual banking offering, we'll continue to see more of that. Again, from the pandemic perspective, we've seen uh, the number of banks, uh, traditional banks that are starting to expand their, their digital offerings. So they may not be entering the foray of virtual bank, but they're continuing to expand their digital banks. I don't think we can expect that we will go back to the old way of doing uh, doing business. We will continue to support customers as they move towards more uh, digital types of, of, of offerings. And I think, uh, you know, the other thing is from a 
FCC or maybe an overall compliance perspective, I think the role of a compliance officer will continue to evolve. So we spoke earlier about the fact that, you know, as we're designing, uh, you know, these virtual banks, these digital offerings as an opportunity for compliance people or risk people to be part of earlier conversations. And, and look, that might happen already in, in traditional settings, but there's, um, you know, an, an even greater opportunity as you're starting from scratch to be involved uh, in that design. Um, and I mentioned, um, you know, how we look at it from a mock's perspective and some of the questions we asked ourselves. But I think then, even if you look at hiring, um, there will always be a need for that compliance person that really understands regulation and policies uh, application within their bank, those SMEs. But I think you will also see the emergence of requirements for compliance people that have exposure to reg tech, have exposure to um, the application of regulation from a innovative type of setting. And so this is somewhere that I'm encouraging my people, um, you know, to, to look to expand their, their CV, um, expand their, um, their learnings. It's moving more into that uh, technology space, that reg tech space, um, innovative space, working in an agile environment. So I think all of that will start to uh, start to to further expand the role of a compliance person or um, what their ultimately what their CV or their background will look like. And I completely agree with you, right? I mean, this is not a fad. As I said at the start, like this is sustained digital, right? People have now uh, evolved in terms of how they uh, interact with their with their financial institutions. I don't remember the last time I went to a bank branch um, or engaged my, uh, you know, advisors or, or 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 the banking partners in the brick and mortar kind of a setup. And and the conversation now has moved beyond beyond the early adopters of technology to kind of a mass adoption, which we are seeing. And and that's the sweet spot, I guess. Uh, you know, uh, virtual banks like yourself are kind of keenly looking to expand on. So with that, Wendy, uh, I would like to thank you for this really insightful conversation. I've enjoyed it. Uh, a lot and I'm sure the listeners have as well. Uh, and I wish you and Mox Bank uh, a lot of success uh, in this year and beyond. Thanks, Ankit. My pleasure. Lovely to talk with you as always. Thank you, listeners, for tuning in. I hope you enjoyed that great conversation. If you have any questions or if you need any information, please reach out to us at podcast at acuity.com. Feel free to visit our website, www.acuity.com. We have a great series podcast lined up for you. Uh, so please tune in and we will speak to you soon.